like to goof around and be silly. But you can truly use this in that way. And if you actually do vocal toning, it's not meant to sound great. It's meant to allow you to release. And then you sound great when all the energy is no longer blocked. That's why a lot of people are not able to sing in tune and all that. There's no tone deaf in reality. It's just more blockages in the chakras. Just I wanted to share a little bit because I've had too many people around me who are always trying to tell each other, oh, you're tone deaf, oh, you're here, you're that, whatever. But it's all bullshit, guys. It's, it, it's not true, you know? So, just so you know. Anyway, um, we are at the same place, the same place as the one before, still 37%. Uh, deliberate urban decay is the section we're in, and we are at the point that says the new crack. The current opioid epidemic in the Appalachian region of the United States is predominantly a white issue, but the use of drugs in poor areas of the country was established as the norm because of the crack epidemic decades earlier. Is the opioid crisis an accident, or could it be the new crack cocaine push to target the poor white communities? It should be obvious by now that nothing like this happens accidentally, and that the intentional push of these drugs, in association with rampant overprescribing by medical professionals, is by design. If law enforcement wanted to stop this, they would shut down the pill mills that exist in most states in the Southeast United States and the Rust Belt. But so far, that idea has not really been taken seriously. Gee, I wonder why. It is the most confusing of drugs because it is legal for some people and totally illegal for others. You can have the drug prescribed for a host of legitimate, legitimate physical ailments. Yeah, right. By, by real doctors. Uh, they're not real doctors, those people, sorry. But there is a monster in there. Real doctors don't prescribe painkillers. Those are just shells. But that's another story. The actual pain may have subsided at some point, but the need for the opioid medicine remains and turns patients into junkies. And on this I want to say, because obviously Jeff doesn't know this, or if he does, he's not sharing it, not sure why, probably doesn't know it, because he's not a healer, he's good with money. So to each our own, right? Um, the truth is that it has been shown that pain, 68 percent of pain more or less and it's around that more or less we just say because we're humble unlike others uh, it changes depending on the person but more or less around 68 percent of pain is caused by emotions so if you remove the emotional component to the pain your pain will drastically go down because 68 percent it's almost 70%, right? So if you are left with only 32% of pain, which is still a lot, but a lot less than having 100 or 80, right? Think about this. So if you start tapping on your karate chop point and you actually 
learn EFT techniques and you can do it for free with my free course. More than that, I don't know what to do because see, unlike Jeff, I don't have a lot of money. I really need to make money. But I realize that there's nobody doing this out there really. Everybody claims that they're trying to help you but they all want you to spend a lot of money. And if you have money, please, yes, yeah, support me. Absolutely. Send me, you know, some money to, so I can continue doing this. And we can continue helping those who don't have a lot of money. Because the bottom line is, if you want this problem to go away, we need to take away the money as a help to be something that we don't do. Money is just like anything else. If you want healers to help you, then you need to help healers. It goes both ways. Remember this, people. We all need to eat at the end. So don't expect things for free if you're charging for what you do. It's not okay. Anyway, um, they're not real doctors. Sorry. Real doctors don't prescribe you medicines. Real doctors teach you how it really works and that your body heals itself once it can relax. So EFT techniques, eating vegan, being kind, meditation, doing things that actually help your body relax, coming out of flight or fight is what you need. Fear-mongering news is exactly the opposite of what you need. And that's why you got tons of it through the main media. Remember that. So what is worse is that the opioid medication is a controlled substance and can be difficult to find. So people look for substitutes. The closest substitute for opioid pain medications is opioid drugs like heroin. A patient goes into the doctor's office for a torn ACL and they end up shooting heroin by the end of the year. Think it cannot happen? It is happening all over the country and the numbers are staggering. The pricing structure makes heroin a very attractive option because where a Vicodin costs a person $1.80, a bag of heroin might only cost $1.20 and last twice as long. Nice, not. Back in 2000, heroin was hard to find and expensive, but thanks to the invasion of Afghanistan and the removal of the Taliban from the poppy fields, the CIA once again controls the flow of drugs into the country. What a surprise. It's the same CIA who wants YouTube and Google, by the way. This time they are importing heroin instead of cocaine, but the plan is similar. The profits are used to fund their black programs and the drugs are used to hollow out another segment of the American population. Again, if you use tapping and reiki and sound healing, vocal toning, your pain will go down dramatically. The higher vibration you become, the lesser 5G and all these waves will affect you, the lesser you will feel pain, and the better the world will become in general because you're going to vibrate out good vibration. When you are in pain, anyone who's around you feels that pain, whether they're aware of it or not. Everybody suffers when you suffer, when I suffer when he suffers, when she suffers, 
understand we are all entangled together this has been proven so it's okay i know a lot of you are still believing tons of lies energy is real and it's the only thing that matters energy is faster than any chemical reaction and if you are truly scientific you know this already so let's move on the amount of opium poppy fields that were cultivated in 2001 in afghanistan was 8,000 hectares under Taliban rule. Now, under the United States military and CIA control, the number of hectares cultivated per year is over 225,000. From 8,000 to 225,000. How many more times is that? <laughs> so, what is America really doing in Afghanistan? Not what they're saying, right? It becomes quite obvious that the CIA and the US military are not leaving this country anytime soon, or maybe ever. So the American government is back to the same strategy of importing drugs, collecting the money to finance international terror, otherwise known as American foreign policy, destroying American communities and demonizing boogeyman for the Middle East, from the Middle East, sorry, not for, but from, it's always someone from the Middle East, in order to justify massive spending on the military information terror complex. Wow. So, rules for radicals. There is no evolution without revolution, and there are no revolutions without conflict, and this is the line that separates liberals from radicals. Saul Alinsky. Almost half a century ago, a hard-left community organizer named Saul Alinsky wrote the playbook of subversive tactics called the Rules for Radicals to energize a new generation of social warriors seeking change. A few notable followers to the Alinsky method are Bill Ayers, Hillary Clinton, the one, you know, who is on B-shoot and who tortured and killed a kid. Well, many more, of course, but, you know, for adrenochrome, we'll do anything. Uh, Frank Marshall Davis and President Barack Obama, among others. Sarah Palin did get one thing correct when she was campaigning with John McCain, and that was the Barack Obama was pulling around with terrorists. It was not with the Hollywood version of a terrorist wearing a headscarf and holding a sword, but with an actual terrorist named Bill Ayers, a, Saul, a Saul Alinsky disciple. Wow, I really screwed that one up. <laughs> but I'm leaving it there because we all struggle and you need to struggle with me. So, Bill Ayer a Saul Alinsky disciple that had been tied to multiple bombings over the past couple of decades. The reason why Obama called himself a community organizer was because that was how Alinsky thought of himself. Alinsky had a Machiavellian approach towards changing the prevailing winds of society and an ends justified the means philosophy when making it happen. Well, that's what non-vegans are all about. But it's for my survival! 
oh, your survival must be more important than the survival of other species. Oh, I'm so sorry. I guess what the pedivores are doing right now to the kids is okay because they're not the same species as we are. So, hey, according to your thinking, right? <laughs> so, no tactic was off limit. And if people had to get hurt in the process, then that was the price that had to be paid. Well, after all, it's not like they were losing their own life, right? So they weren't really paying any price. They were just imposing their bullshit on other people, the same way non-vegans do. Tit for tat. He detailed his ideas in a list of rules that he thought his people should live by, and to call his book the Terrorist Handbook is not an overstatement. Wow, we need to get this book, guys. I'm serious. I need to go and look for this book now. Because, I mean, come on, can you imagine what's inside of there? He proposes that mankind has been divided into three parts, the haves, the have-nots, and the have-a-little, and the one-mores. The haves ask, when do we sleep? While the have-nots ask, when do we eat? However, the have-a-little, one-mores, the American middle class, are torn between wanting to change the world so that they can get more and wanting to keep things the same in order to defend what they already have. They are essentially politically, socially, and economically schizophrenic, as they desire two different outcomes at the same time. Yeah, it's like non-vegans, you know. Uh, non-vegans talk about pedophiles, and they don't realize they're exactly the same. What do you think a lamb is? What do you think happens when you take away the mommy of those animals? You're all pedos, non-vegans, and you don't even fucking realize it, but you call the pedos worse people than you are. Why? Because they do it to their own species? Who said it's worse? Who decided that it's worse? That's right. So, for a moment, just take responsibility, right? When you say yes to any form of violence, you say yes to all form of violence. And that is the bottom line. Your kids should not be more important to you than other kids. They are all kids. And if other kids don't have someone to look after them and you are there, you should. And that's the bottom line. If everybody was really respectful and caring, there wouldn't be all the shit that is out there today in the world. But everybody is selfish and egocentric, right? They want more for themselves. So, and I say everyone has in, everyone who is that way, obviously, not everyone, everyone, just to be precise a little bit, you know, in the imprecision. So the role of the community organizer is to manage these expectations and help the public to navigate these mood swings between wanting to stay put and the urge to rise up. The 13 rules for radicals help to educate and instigate the middle class to get off their asses and do something to improve their position in life and if someone should decide to stand in their way, these rules offer advice on how to either go around them or, if they have to, go right over them. These are the 13 rules for radicals, plus additional commentary from Alinsky. Number one, power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. True. Number two, Never go outside the expertise of your people. 
When an action or tactic is outside the experience of the people, the result is confusion, fear, and retreat. It also means a collapse of communication. Whenever possible, go outside the expertise of the enemy. Here, you want to cause confusion, fear, and retreat. That's right. Four, make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. You can kill them with this, for they can no more obey their own rules than the Christian church can live up to Christianity. Five, ridicule is man's most potent weapon. It is almost impossible to counterattack ridicule. Also, it infuriates the opposition, who then react to your advantage. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. If your people are not having a ball doing it, there is something very wrong with the tactic. That's what's important to these cycles. Seven, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Wow. Man can sustain militant interest in any issue for only a limited time, after which it becomes a ritualistic commitment, like going to church on Sunday mornings. Yeah, no more fun, so they won't do it. Eight, keep the pressure on with the different tactics and actions and utilize all events of the period for your purpose. Nine, the threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. 10. The major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. It is this unceasing pressure that results in the reactions from the oppositions that are essential for the success of the campaign. It should be remembered not only that the action is in the reaction, but the action is itself the consequence of reaction and of reaction to the reaction ad infinitum. The pressure produces the reaction and constant pressure sustains action. <laughs> wow, right? 11. If you push a negative hard enough, it will push through and become a positive. This is based on the principle that every positive has its negative. Yes, in this plane, it's true. In 3D, this is true. We have already seen the conversion of the negative into the positive in Mahatma Gandhi's development of the tactic of passive resistance. Hmm? 12. The price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. You cannot risk being trapped by the enemy in his sudden agreement with your demand and saying, you're right, we don't know what to do about this issue. Now you tell us. <laughs> 13. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Woohoo, man. Once someone knows the rules, the next step is to adjust one's thoughts and ethics. Alinsky has thoughts on modifications to a person's views on how they conduct themselves in order to make them less concerned about what they actually do, as long as the outcome suits their goals. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like talking to a non-vegan. But I do it 
because I need to survive. <laughs> okay, your needs are more important than those of others. You don't quite understand that your freedom ends where mine begins, because otherwise, you know, this wouldn't be happening, right? So the rules of ethics, according to Saul Alinsky, once concerned with the ethics of means and ends, varies inversely with one's personal interest in the issue. The judgment of the ethics of means is dependent upon the political position of those sitting in judgment. In war, the ends justify almost any means. Judgment must be made in the context of the times in which the action occurred and not from any other chronological vantage point. A concern with ethics increases with the numbers of means available and vice versa. The less important the end be desired, the more one can afford to engage in ethical evaluations of means. <laughs> Generally, success or failure is a mighty determinant of ethics. Wow. The morality of a means depends upon whether that means is being employed at a time of imminent defeat or imminent victory. Oh, really? <laughs> I guess sometimes it's okay to kill, sometimes it's not. Yeah, I mean, if you are trying to do self-defense and someone is attacking you and you kill them by mistake while you're trying to self-defend yourself, they attacked you. But this is common sense, right? But obviously then the dirty parties would say, oh, they attacked me when they didn't, right? Because we know that when you're dirty, you're dirty. When you excuse any form of violence, you excuse them all. So, you know, it's not violence when you do self-defense, just to be clear. <laughs> it's violence from the person who attacks you, yes. Because, and also they make you be violent to protect yourself. And it's something that a lot of us don't want to be, so they commit double violence, just to say. Any effective means is automatically judged by the opposition as being unethical. Pfft. Wow. You do what you can with what you have and clothe it with moral garments. Pfft. Goals must be phrased in general terms like liberty, equality, fraternity, of the common welfare, pursuit of happiness or bread and peace. Oh yeah, do they sound like some movie titles from shitty Hollywood crap? <laughs> or holy crack as I call it. His tactics are well known and can be seen at work daily in American politics and in the corporate media, like Black Lives Matter, I guess, you know, when they were taken over and all the psyops. Once a person actually reads the rules for radicals, they practically jump out of the television every night on the nightly news because they become so obvious. And these exact tactics have been completely adopted by the Democratic Party and their supporters. A practical example of a tactic that the gangster government uses is when they direct the IRS to target the groups they do not like with audits and fake charges in order to tie them up legally, financially and emotionally. They learned how to do this from guys like Saul Alinsky, who learned how to do this by watching the Chicago Mafia. For the record, at the beginning of Saul Alinsky's book, he dedicates it to Lucifer. So that might help to make sense of things and understand where he's coming from. 
at the very least is inspired to create chaos and destruction, has a way of bringing his version of society to the forefront, which is the core of the New World Order's motto, O-R-D-O-A-B-C-H-A-O, which is Ordo Ab Chao, or Cao, or Order Out of Chaos. <laughs> I just wanted to spell it out for you. This phenomenon has many names, but let's use Hegelian dialectic or creating, again, manufacturing, order out of chaos. They create a problem. They make you panic and react to it. Then they solve it with a pre-made solution. Voila, total control. It is all part of the government's campaign, whichever one they're running at any point in time. How can anyone look at America today and not see the chaos pouring out of every hole in the structure? The pre-weakening of the building has set the structure up for the next phase of the plan. And we're going to stop here because then we're going into the next section of the book, which is called Identifying the Support Columns. I saw that maybe I should, you know, play the drum a little bit until the end just to chill you out because it's kind of like really mind-blowing stuff and you know the truth is you should just be tapping on your karate job point as you listen to this so you don't get triggered if you listen to stuff that you know maybe hits you close to home because a lot of us have suffered because of all of this and there's people I mean think about this think about all those people who have been put in prison and have been their family has been ruined. How angry would you be if that was done to you? That's what I'm saying. So that's what it means to be empathic and really understand others. So here, a little two minutes drum.
be heart-based. That's how we will heal this world and take it back together.